Act 1 of The Birth of Merlin, The Child Hath Found His Father, by William Shakespeare and William Rowley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Birth of Merlin, The Child Hath Found His Father, by William Shakespeare and William Rowley. The Scene, Britain. Dramatis Personae Aurelius, King of Britain, read by Mike Manalakis Vortiger, King of Welsh Britain, read by Craig Franklin Uther Pendragon, the Prince, brother to Aurelius, read by Jackson Burkhouse Donabert, a nobleman and father to Constantia and Modesta, read by Vocal Penguin The Earl of Gloucester and father to Edwin. Read by Algy Pug. Edol, Earl of Chester and General to King Aurelius. Read by Brad. Cador, Earl of Cornwall and suitor to Constantia. Read by Quinn Heron. Edwin, son to the Earl of Gloucester and suitor to Modesta. Read by Thomas Peter. Toclio, Nobleman. Read by Adrian Stevens. Oswald, Nobleman. Read by Andrew Gantz. Merlin the Prophet. Read by Alan Mapstone. Amselm the Hermit, after Bishop of Winchester. Read by Jim Locke. Clown. Brother to Joan, mother of Merlin. Read by Todd. Sir Nicodemus Nothing, a courtier. Read by Greg Giordano. The Devil, Father of Merlin. Read by Phil Schempf. Astorius, the Saxon General. Read by Cassiopeia Sparks. Octa, a Saxon nobleman. Read by Tchaikovsky. Proximus. A Saxon magician, read by Scott McKinley. Bishop, read by Derek Trial. Saxon Lord One, read by Grace Buchanan. Second Saxon Lord, read by Alan Mapstone. Edel's Captain, read by Derek Trial. Gentleman One, read by Wayne Cook. Gentleman Two, read by Shakewell. A Little Antic Spirit. Read by Devorah Allen. Artesia, sister to Ostorius, the Saxon general. Read by Jen Broda. Constantia, daughter to Donobert. Read by Lydia. Modesta, daughter to Donobert. Read by Linda Olsen Feitak. Joan Gotuit, mother of Merlin. Read by Sonia. A waiting woman to Artesia. Read by Joanna Michael Hoyt. Lucina, Queen of the Shades, read by Abai. Armel, read by Sandra. Plesketh, read by Grace Buchanan. Messenger, read by Grace Buchanan. Stage Directions, read by David Purdy. Actus One, Scene One. A room in the castle of Lord Donobert. Enter Donobert, Gloucester, Cater, Edwin, Constantia, and Modestia. You teach me language, sir, as one that knows the debt of love I owe unto her virtues. 
wherein, like a true courtier, I have fed myself with hope of fair success, and now attend your wished consent to my long suit. Believe me, youthful lord, time could not give an opportunity more fitting your desires, always provided my daughter's love be suited with my grant. Tis the condition, sir, her promise sealed. Is't so, Constantia? I was content to give him words for oaths. He swore so oft he loved me. That thou believest him? He is a man, I hope. That's in the trial, girl. However, I am a woman, sir. The law's on thy side, then. Shalt have a husband, ay, and a worthy one. Take her, brave Cornwall, and make our happiness great as our wishes. Sir, I thank you. Double the fortunes of the day, my lord, and crown my wishes too. I have a son here, who in my absence would protest no less unto your other daughter. Ha! Gloucester, is it so? What says Lord Edwin? Will she protest as much to thee? Else must she want some of his sister's faith, sir. Of her credulity much rather, sir. My lord, you are a soldier, and methinks the height of that profession should diminish all heat of love's desires, being so late employed in blood and ruin. The more my conscience ties me to repair the world's losses in a new succession. Necessity, it seems, ties your affections then, and at that rate I would unwillingly be thrust upon you. A wife is a dish soon cloys, sir. Weak and diseased appetites it may. Most of your making have dull stomachs, sir. If that be all, girl, thou shalt quicken him. Be kind to him, Modesta. Noble Edwin, let it suffice, what's mine in her speaks yours. For her consent, let your fair suit go on. She is a woman, sir, and will be one. You give me comfort, sir. Enter Toclio. Now, Toclio? The king, my honoured lords, requires your presence, and calls a council for return of answer unto the parling enemy, whose ambassadors are on the way to court. So suddenly? Chester, it seems, has plied them hard at war, they sue so fast for peace, which by my advice they ne'er shall have unless they leave the realm. Come, noble Gloucester, let's attend the king. It lies, sir, in your son to do me pleasure and save the charges of a wedding dinner. If you'll make haste to end your love affairs, one cost may give discharge to both my cares. Exit Donobert. Gloucester. I'll do my best. Now, Tocleo, what's stirring news at court? Oh, my lord, the court's all filled with rumour, the city with news, and the country with wonder, and all the bells in the kingdom must proclaim it. We have a new holy day a-coming. A holy day? For whom? For thee? Me, madam? Soot, I'd be loath that any man should make a holy day for me, yet, in brief, tis thus. There's here arrived at court, sent by the Earl of Chester to the king, a man of rare esteem for holiness, a reverent hermit, that, by miracle, not only saved our army, but without aid of man or through the pagan host, and with such wonder, sir, as might confirm a kingdom to his faith. This is strange news indeed. Where is he? In conference with the king that much respects him. Trust me, I long to see him. 
Faith, you will find no great pleasure in him for aught that I can see, lady. They say he is half a prophet, too. Would he could tell me of any news of the lost prince. There's twenty talents offered to him that finds him. Such news was breeding in the morning. And now it has birth and life, sir. If fortune bless me, I'll once more search those woods where we lost him. I know not yet what fate may follow me. Exit. Fortune go with you, sir. Come, fair mistress. Your sister and Lord Edwin are in game, and all their wits at stake to win the set. My sister has the hand yet. We had best leave them. She will be out and on as well as I. He wants but cunning to put in a die. Exit Cater. Constantia. You are a cunning gamester, madam. It is a desperate game indeed, this marriage, where there's no winning without loss to either. Why, what but your perfection, noble lady, can bar the worthiness of this my suit? If so you please, I count my happiness from difficult obtaining. You shall see my duty and observance. There shall be place to neither, noble sir, I do beseech you. Let this mild reply give answer to your suit. For here I vow, if ever I change my virgin name by you, it gains or loses. My wishes have their crown. Let them confine you then, as to my promise you give faith and credence. In your command my willing absence speaks it. Exit. Noble and virtuous, could I dream of marriage, I should affect thee, Edwin. O my soul! Here something tells me that these best of creatures, these models of the world, weak man and woman, should have their souls, their making life and being, to some more excellent use. If what the sense calls pleasure were our ends, we might justly blame great nature's wisdom, who reared a building of so much art and beauty to entertain a guest, so far uncertain, so imperfect. If only speech distinguish us from beast, who know no inequality of birth or place, but still to fly from goodness, oh, how base were life at such a rate! No, no, that power that gave to man his being, speech and wisdom, gave it for thankfulness to him alone that made me thus. May I whence truly know I'll pay to him, not man, the love I owe. Exit. Scene two, the British court, flourish cornets, enter Aurelius, king of Britain, Donobert, Gloucester, Cater, Edwin, Toclio, Oswald, and attendants. No tiding of our brother yet? Tis strange. So near the court, and in our own land too, and yet no news of him. Oh, this loss tempers the sweetness of our happy conquests with much untimely sorrow. Royal sir, his safety being unquestioned should to time leave the redress of sorrow. Were he dead or taken by the foe, our fatal loss had wanted no quick herald to disclose it. That hope alone sustains me, nor will we be so ingrateful unto heaven to question what we fear with what we enjoy. Is answer of our message yet returned from that religious man, the holy hermit, sent by the Earl of Chester to confirm us in that miraculous act? For twas no less, our army being en route, nay, quite overthrown, as Chester writes, even then this holy man, 
armed with his cross and staff, went smiling on, and boldly fronts the foe, at sight of whom the Saxons stood amazed. For, to their seeming, above the hermit's head appeared such brightness, such clear and glorious beams, as if our men marched all in fire, wherewith the pagans fled, and by our troops were all to death pursued. "'Tis full of wonder, sir.' Oh, Gloucester, he's a jewel worth a kingdom. Where's Oswald with his answer? Tis here, my royal lord. In writing, will he not sit with us? His orisons performed, he bade me say, he would attend with all submission. Proceed to council, then, and let some give order. The ambassador is being come to take our answer. They have admittance. Oswald, Tocleo, be at your charge. Exeunt Oswald and Toclio. And now, my lords, observe the holy counsel of this reverend hermit. Reads. As you respect your safety, limit not that only power that hath protected you. Trust not an open enemy too far. He's yet a loser and knows you have won. Mischiefs not ended are but then begun. Anselm the Hermit. Powerful and pithy, which my advice confirms. No man leaves physic when his sickness slakes, but doubles the receipts. The word of peace seems fair to bloodshot eyes, but being applied with such a medicine as blinds all the sight, argues desire of cure, but not of art. You argue from defects. If both the name and the condition of the peace be one, it is to be preferred. And in the offer made by the Saxon, I see naught repugnant. The time of truce required for thirty days carries suspicion in it, since half that space will serve to strength their weakened regiment. Who in less time will undertake to free our country from them? Leave that unto our fortune. Is not our bold and hopeful general still master of the field? Their legions fall, the rest entrenched for fear, half starved and wounded. And shall we now give o'er our fair advantage? For heaven, my lord, the danger is far more entrusting to their words than to their weapons. Enter Oswald. The ambassadors are come, sir. Conduct them in. We are resolved, my lords, since policy failed in the beginning, it shall have no hand in the conclusion. That heavenly power that hath so well begun, their fatal overthrow, I know, can end it, from which fair hope myself will give them answer. Flourish cornets. Enter Artesia with the Saxon lords. What's here? A woman orator? Peace, Donabert. Speak. What are you, lady? The sister of the Saxon general, warlike Ostorius, the East Anglese king. My name, Artesia, who in terms of love brings peace and health to great Aurelius, Wishing she may return as fair a present as she makes tender of. The fairest present ere mine eyes were blessed with. Command a chair there for this Saxon beauty. Sit, lady, we'll confer. Your warlike brother sues for a peace, you say? With endless love unto your state and person. Sent a moving orator, believe me. What thinks thou, Dunabert? Believe me, sir. Were I but young again, this gilded pill might take my stomach quickly. True, thou art old, how soon we do forget our own defects. 
Fair damsel, oh, my tongue turns traitor and will betray my heart. A sister to our enemy. Sdeath, her beauty mazes me. I cannot speak if I but look on her. What's that we did conclude? This, royal lord. Pish, thou canst not utter it. Fairest of creatures, tell the king your brother that we, in love, ha, and honor to our country, command his armies to depart our realm. But if you please, fair soul, Lord Danobert, deliver you our pleasure. I shall, sir. Lady, return, and certify your brother. Thou art too blunt and rude. Return so soon. Fie, let her stay and send some messenger to certify our pleasure. What means your grace? To give her time to rest to her long journey. We would not willingly be thought uncivil. Great King of Britain, let it not seem strange to embrace the princely offers of a friend, whose virtues with thine own in fairest merit both states in peace and love may now inherit. She speaks of love again. Sure, tis my fear she knows I do not hate her. Be then thyself. Most great Aurelius, and let not envy nor a deeper sin in these counsellors deprive thy goodness of that fair honour we in seeking peace give first to thee, who never used to sue but force our wishes. Yet if this seem light, O oh, let my sex, though worthless your respect, take the report of thy humanity, whose mild and virtuous life loud fame displays has been overcome by one so worthy praise. She has an angel's tongue. Speak still. This flattery is gross, sir. Hear no more on it. Lady, these childish compliments are needless. You have your answer, and believe it, madam, his grace, though young, doth wear within his breast too grave a counsellor to be seduced by smoothing flattery or oily words. I come not, sir, to woo him. "'Twere folly if you should. You must not wed him.' "'Shame take thy tongue, being old and weak thyself. "'Thou dotst, and looking on thine own defects, "'speak'st what thou didst wish in me. "'Do I command the deeds of others, mine own act not free? "'Be pleased to smile or frown, we respect neither. "'My will and rule shall stand and fall together. "'Most fair Artesia, see the king descends to give thee welcome "'with these warlike Saxons.' and now on equal terms both sues and grants. Instead of truce, let a perpetual league seal our united bloods in holy marriage. Send the East Angles king this happy news, that thou with me hast made a league forever, and added to his state a friend and brother. Speak, dearest love, dare you confirm this title? I were no woman to deny a good so high and noble to my fame and country. Live, then, a queen in Britain. He means to marry her. Death. He shall marry the devil first. Marry a pagan? An idolater? He has won her quickly. She was wooed afore she came, sure, or came of purpose to conclude the match. Who dares oppose our will? My lord of Gloucester, be you ambassador unto our brother, the brother of our queen, Artesia? Tell him, for such our entertainment looks him. Our marriage, adding to the happiness of our intended joys... Man's good or ill in this like waves agree, come double still. Enter Hermit. Who's this? The Hermit? Welcome, my happiness. 
Our country's hope, most reverent holy man, I wanted but thy blessing to make perfect the infinite sum of my felicity. Alack, sweet prince, that happiness is yonder. Felicity and thou art far asunder. This world can never give it. Thou art deceived. See here what I have found. Beauty, alliance, peace, and strength of friends. All in this all exceeding excellence. The league's confirmed. With whom, dear lord? With the great brother of this beauteous woman, the royal Saxon king. Oh, then I see, and fear thou art too near thy misery. What magic could so link thee to this mischief? By all the good that thou hast reaped by me, stand further from destruction. Speak as a man, and I shall hope to obey thee. Idolaters get hence, fond king, let go. Thou hugst thy ruin, and thy country's woe. Well spoke, old father. To him, bade him soundly. Now, by heaven's blessed lady, I can scarce keep patience. What devil is this? That cursed Christian, by whose hellish charms our army was o'erthrown. Why do you dally, sir? Oh, tempt not heaven! Warm not a serpent in your naked bosom. Discharge them from your court. Thou speak'st like madness. Command the frozen shepherd to the shade. When he sits warm in the sun, the fever sick to add more heat unto his burning pain, these may obey. Tis less extremity than thou enjoins to me. Cast but thine eye upon this beauty. Do it. I'll forgive thee, though jealousy in others finds no pardon. They say thou dost not love. I shall then swear thou'rt immortal and no earthly man. Oh, blame then my mortality, not me. It is thy weakness brings thy misery, unhappy prince. Be milder in thy doom. Tis you that must endure the heaven's doom, which fawn remembers just. Thou shalt not live to see it. How fares my lord? If my poor presence breed dislike, great prince, I am no such neglected soul, will seek to tie you to your word. My word, dear love, may my religion, crown, state, and kingdom fail when I fail thee. Command Earl Chester to break up the camp without disturbance to our Saxon friends. Send every hour swift posts to hasten on, the king, her brother, to conclude this league, this endless happy peace of love and marriage, till when provide for revels and give charge that naught be wanting which may make our triumphs sportful and free to all. If such fair blood engender ill, man must not look for good. Exit all but hermit. Flourish. Enter Modestia, reading in a book. How much the oft report of this blessed hermit hath won on my desires. I must behold him. In short, this should be he. Oh, the world's folly. Proud earth and dust, how low a price bears goodness. All that should make man absolute shines in him. Much reverend sir, may I without offence give interruption to your holy thoughts? What would you, lady? That which till now never found a language in me. I am in love. In love? With what? With virtue. There's no blame in that. Nay, sir, with you, with your religious life, 
your virtue, goodness, if there be a name to express affection greater that, that would I learn and utter, reverend sir, if there be anything to bar my suit, be charitable and expose it. Your prayers are the same orisons which I will number. Holy sir, keep not instruction back from willingness. Possess me of that knowledge leads you on to this humility. For well I know, were greatness good, you would not live so low. Are you a virgin? Yes, sir. Your name? Modesta. Your name and virtues meet a modest virgin. Live ever in the sanctimonious way to heaven and happiness there's goodness in you i must instruct you further come look up behold yon firmament there sits a power whose footstool is this earth oh learn this lesson and practise it he that will climb so high must leave no joy beneath to move his eye exit i apprehend you sir on heaven i fix my love earth gives us grief our joys are all above for this was man in innocence naked born to show us wealth hinders our sweet return exit end of act one